Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. So I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Today, we are going to be going over uh, the, the last piece of the disc profile. We may end up adding one more to kind of sum up everything. Um, but we're going to be talking about the C on disc. Disc is D-I-S-C, right? D is like driven, decisive, driver people. I is interpersonal, think extroverts, like life of the party, always wanting to be with people. Um, S, very steady. Last time we were on with uh, David Mount, the uh, COO of, our, of my company, the Redux Group, um, and he was sharing, he is the quintessential S. He was sharing how to win and how to lose with him as an S, both as a client and if you are bringing somebody into your organization, that's an S. And then today we are going over the C, which is very cautious, very, they just want to make sure that, that, that things are right. So with that said, we're going to be diving in. I'm going to ask for a little grace today. I was on a podcast yesterday, one of the top podcasts in the real estate investor world. And um, I had to be in person in Phoenix, but it was just a crazy, crazy, crazy couple weeks. So I didn't want to be out. Um, and the way the flights worked was, um, you know, I, I couldn't take a flight out later that afternoon. Um, so the night I could either take one this morning and miss the whole day or take a red eye. And so I ended up taking a red eye. So I just got back to my house, showered. I'm on, I'm ready to go. So if I sound like I'm bumbling a little bit, please uh, have some grace for me and I'll do the best that I can. And yes, I did get back and just showered because yeah, being on a flight all night um, was terrible. Although I did uh, splurge and go first class because I'm like, well, if I'm gonna be on a flight so that I can work. I'm gonna try to you know do whatever I can to go, uh, to go bigger. And I'm usually... I don't know. Even even though you have it, I, I try not to spend it uh, like on on things that are just splurge things. But I will say it was pretty nice being in first class. I always uh, I always felt sad walking by uh, all the first class people like a like a peasant, and uh, you know the royalties up there looking at us, just you know shielding their eyes. So it was nice to uh, to be up there with every with everybody else on that, even though I slept through it all. So. That's the uh, <clears throat> that's the deal there. So, with that said, last thing, Jeff Saferight is out of town this week, so it is just me right here. So, if you are listening live, and if you and I know most people tend to listen on the podcast when they're released, uh, but if you're listening live on Zoom or in the Facebook group on Common Real Estate, I would love it if you posted any comments or anything, questions, anything you'd love for me to touch on or. Uh, go over, or just even if you have any comments, um, you know, interact on that stuff so that I don't feel as insecure talking to a screen by myself. As you can tell, I'm very fragile. My ego is fragile. So I really could use your help. All right, guys, uh, with that said, um, let's dive in. So the C personality, I'll tell you, um, for years, 
years when I walked in and I saw a C personality, I got nervous, right? It, it, I, I was just joking about like the, the fragile and secure uh, personality, but, but I, I, I walked in and I tended to get insecure because I know that the high C personalities tend to be ones that I don't win often with, right? That, that's where it was. Now, I've worked so hard to get better at that. But here's the problem, because I'm such a massive high D personality and such a massive high I personality. I'm like, if it's going to be fun and we know that we can get it done, even if it's not pretty, let's just get it done. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. There is a place for the high C personality, right? You're building a house. You want to measure twice, cut once, right? That's the deal. But when you're, when you're making prospecting calls, when you're just making stuff happen. Uh, my, my natural mentality is I don't need to spend five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, like figuring out what I'm going to say to the person when I call them, I'm just going to massive and perfect action, just go and get it done. Right. And so if you are a C personality, so let, let's first start talk to you. If you are a C personality, if you are a C personality, um, what's going to happen is you are going to do a lot of research, but your research is essentially going to be procrastination, right? You're going to want to make sure that you know what you're going to say. You're going to be insecure about stuff. If you don't say it right, sometimes this happens with the S personality and David spoke to that, right? He said, he said he didn't, it, it was, it was difficult, but because he trusted me as a high D leading the company who just said, here's your next step just pick up the phone and make calls. Just talk to people, talk to people, talk to people. He was like, okay, that's my next step. I'll pick up the phone and talk to people. And he just figured it out. And I'll tell you some, sometimes it was massively imperfect. And sometimes it was, it was great because he did a lot of business. He made more money than he did the year before doing government, working for the government um, in his first year as like a 28 year old, I think he was when he, no, actually he was like 26, I think. So <clears throat> he jumped in and, and did very, very well, knocking on doors of six figures his first year as a 26-year-old years ago. Um, but that was just because he just did it because I told him these are your next steps. The high C personality, if you are a high C, um, what you're going to have to fight with is the fear of not knowing what to say, right? Because here's what, what we know about the high C personality. When, when, if you were in, in college, you looked around and you saw the person with the extra Scantron on test day, because what happens if they filled it out wrong or put poked a hole in it or it got wet or whatever, you need to have your backup, right? They usually had about 14, definitely had two number two pencils, right? They had their one and then their backup one. And oftentimes their next backup one, right? And then, you know, then you see somebody like me that comes running in after the test had started and then asking who's got one and the high C personality lets me borrow their Scantron, right? Because I forgot mine. So that's the... Uh, that's the difference there. Um, that's, but, but that's part of how a high C personality is going to handle prospecting is they're going to want to make sure everything's right before they actually uh, make their phone calls. Right. But you got to push some of that aside because it's going to keep you from action. Right. Now the high C personality in, in a compliance role is amazing. It's, it's, it's incredible because then you're not going to be messing things up, right? So like admin, 
you're, you're wanting the SC for admin. If you're, if you're building out a team, you really want that SC role because they make sure that thing, that there's a system, a process, the next steps, and that nothing gets missed, right? All the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. They feel really terrible if they miss things, right? So that's, that's really, really important for us to know there um, about that. Now, I will say this, one of the hardest roles like, and a lot of times they're massive, massive achievers is the D C um, personality type, because the D is a driver. They're going to get stuff done. And the C says, get it done. Right. And usually that comes with a very low I personality. So, um, so when you, you have that, you'll, you'll see that those tend to be the bosses that people don't, don't love but get a lot done, right? They're not very well loved, but they get a lot done um, on it. And so, um, I, I mean, you'll even see them referred to, <laughs> some people call them seagull bosses, right? They're doing their thing, they're doing their thing. They swoop in just long enough to, to crap on you and tell you you're not doing it right. And then they, they move out, right? And that's, that's because oftentimes the DC personality has a very low I. And so the relationships aren't as important as getting it done and getting it done right. So um, that's the deal. Now let's, let's move on from the, like if you are the C and start talking about um, dealing with the C's in your world, right? And then we're gonna move on to dealing with the clients that are the C. Right. So the C's in your world, if you are a DI, which I think I'm talking to probably more of the entrepreneurs here, more of the leaders of organizations that will tend to be um, more of a DI personality. If you're a DI and, and again, feel free to post any questions in the box if you guys have any or comments or anything else uh, or just let me know you're here and I'll give you a shout out. Uh, but if you're a DI, then you're oftentimes just going to be so different, diametrically just different than the C personality. And so you've got to understand that the C personality still has a massively important role in your organization. Otherwise, things don't get done well, right? So I've seen this so many times where people get out there and they're doing uh, they're doing business, right? They're, they're doing stuff, but then their contracts aren't right. Their disclosures aren't right. They just set themselves up because nobody is there making sure that the most important things are happening. I'll tell you, I just saw a contract the other day that almost got ratified. It was for 375, but it almost got ratified and it was our team's listing, somebody massively high eye personality, she they was listing it, almost had the client sign for instead of 370, $375,000 for $37,000. One of the zeros was missing. Now, would that hold up in court? I don't know, there, there's some talk about whether that would hold up, but the contract itself would say 37,000. So if the buyer wanted to fight that, man, it, it could have gotten really ugly, really fast. I don't know what, what would have gone down, but that was one of those things where you want those high C's in your world checking to make sure that things are, are happening and happening well. So that's really important. Now, the, uh, 
the last little piece here is how do we deal with the high C client, right? How do you deal with a high C client? Well, here's the, uh, here's the key to dealing with a high C client. If you go in, let's, let's talk about listings first. If you go in and you want to wing it, you're going to lose. If you go in and you do just a standard listing presentation, you're probably going to lose. You need to go in, you need to have all the information about all the comps. You should go back two years instead of six months or 90 days with, with your comps. You need to go back way further because they are going to know about their neighborhood. I promise you, they're going to know about their neighborhood way more than you're going to know about your neighborhood. So you need to go back so, so, so far um, because they're going to say, well, what about that house that sold over there across the street? And I'm like, I, I bet on this. So let me just tell you, here's a case study. I'm like, well, there hasn't been one that sold across the street. They're like, no, 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 no. John Smith's house right over there across the street sold for, you know, 700,000. Um, you know, that it, it sold there not too long ago. And I'm like, well, I, I'm looking, here's the comps. Here's what, what it was done. And I look and it was like, you know, almost two years ago that it sold for that price. And, you know, and the house is nothing like theirs but they knew that that was there. And the second that I don't know that information, that's when they lose trust, right? And that's one of the worst things that you can do is have a high C lose trust for you that you have all the that information. The next thing is they're going to want to make sure that the market is right, that they're timing the market correctly, that they're looking at, at the market correctly. And so you need to be able to, to answer about economic indicators, right? Okay, it's a good time to sell, right? You're not leaving money on the table. You know, you don't need to wait till next spring. Next spring won't be better. We don't have any, any data to say that next spring will be better, Um you know, any of that other stuff? What if, what if it's worse? You know, so, so you ask those questions like, well, what happens if, if we see a market drop off? What if we see, you know, all these other, these other things that, that make them stop looking at their worst fears because a high C personality will tend to be looking at the worst fears. And so you just want to let them know, you know, there's, there's always things out there, right? I'm a Christian guy and there's a verse in the Bible that says, talks about the person who, who doesn't want to go outside because there could be a lion in the streets, right? Well, that's the whole thing there is you just need to let them know that there's dangers. Yes, there's dangers of selling and, and selling too low, but there's also dangers of holding on to it, right? And, and having the market crash. There's dangers, no matter what you do, there's dangers. Heck, you know, there's a line in the street. There's still a danger that a tree falls on your house and crushes you, right? There's dangers everywhere. You just need to look at what is best for you and look at what's best for your family. The next piece is, this is more important with buyers, I would say, than sellers. One of the biggest <coughs> keys that a high C personality will ask is, again, about the market, is am I buying at the top of the market? And so that's where you need to look at like some of the economic indicators here. And um, you can you can answer that question through talking about the difference between buying with today's interest rates, which are relatively low, and if the interest rates go up so that you can tell them, no, you're buying today's interest rate. That's what you're buying. You're not buying the price. Um, you can also talk about inflation and what's happening with it. So when you use the word economic indicators and start talking about stuff like interest rates, start talking about stuff like inventory, um, start talking about stuff like inflation. When you start talking about these things that 
that actually do different things to the market, actually push the market where it is, it really helps us. Um, if you haven't done any research, you know, watch the movie, The Big Short, right? It's not, it's not a documentary, I'll just say that, but it's, it's really insightful and enlightening, um, you know, as a really, really rough draft of, of what happened in 08. And so if you can't talk about what happened in 08 intelligently, then the high C is going to eat you for lunch. They're, they're not going to say that because a lot of times they're not as, sometimes they'll come off as a, as a high D because they'll be a little gruff um, because they're, they tend to not be a high I, you know, and be as relationally tactful. Um, but they'll, they'll come off a little bit gruff there. But if you can't speak to what happened in 08 and speak about why today is not like 08, why we don't see probably the biggest crash in a generation coming um, because of the fact that McDonald's workers that are making $10 an hour are not buying million dollar properties, then, you know, then they're going to feel like either you don't know what you're talking about or that that they're right in their fears. You've got to be able to alleviate their fears, but you've got to be able to alleviate their fears with data. So where do I go to find this data? Well, there's a couple of things. Well, for me, just because we sell a lot of houses, I'm on every single mortgage loan officers list. So I get, I get emails every single day, no matter how fast I get off their list, I get more that come in, right? Well, if you find an LO that sends, sends data, even if you don't work with them, um, that, that gives like market updates, that's good. Just just stay on their list and read their list. I, I do that now. I've got a handful of them that, that I, I didn't unsubscribe from because their, their market data is good, right? And that's, that's the way that they're adding value to, to agents trying to get their business, but who cares, right? Let them, let them send it and, you know, get rid of the ones that are sending, hey, happy 4th of July, you know, whatever, um, and keep the ones that are talk, talking about economic indicators. The second thing is NAR um, speaks a lot to market indicators, right? Like you can, you can read so much about that. Your local board, so I'm, I'm in Northern Virginia, right? So NVAR on their website, like oftentimes will, will tell what's going on in the market. Um, there's other places like Inman and I mean, you can just subscribe for all of these other uh, avenues where you can get details, but you've got to be able to speak to what is going on in the market, right? So one of the biggest keys when somebody says, well, what happened in the market? Because I spoke to somebody <coughs> yesterday, actually, it was a, a friend of a friend. And he said to me, he's like, oh, Chris, I don't want to sell because I'm not going to get the price. It looks like the market softened up. I think that if I wait till next spring, I'm going to see the uh, the prices do what they did six months ago this spring. And so I was able to talk about the economic indicators with them. I was like, okay, well, why do you think this happened? I'm just going to share the case study if you guys are all right with that. Um, I said, why do you think the market jumped up like it did this spring? And he's like, because it was springtime. And I said, well, do you mind if I if I offer a, an alternative theory on that? And he's like, well, yeah, go ahead. And so I said, here's my thought. Uh, did you know that in the last six months, 40% of all dollars that are in circulation have been printed? 40%. Um, what does that do to the dollar? And he's like, uh, I don't know. What do you mean? And I was like, well, what does it do to the dollar? Like if, if you print more dollars, does it make the dollar more valuable or less valuable? And he's like, well, I guess if there's more of them, it makes it less valuable. 
And I was like, yep, that's, that's the definition of inflation, right? Like we're, we're inflating the dollar. We're putting more dollars in the circulation and it loses value because of that. And I said, what, what happens when inflation happens? He's like, well, I, I don't, I don't know. And I said, well, when inflation happens, people want to dump the dollar and get into hard assets, right? What are hard assets? Gold and silver, real estate, even cryptocurrency. Now I know cryptocurrency has gone up and down. I'm not, I'm not an expert in cryptocurrency and, and I don't pretend to be one, but I do know that a lot of people were getting into it because of the fact that they say you can't debase it, even though they can be mined. So I don't, I don't know the answer on that. I don't want to. I don't want to speak too far into cryptocurrency. But what I said to him, you know, I just said, and I don't know about cryptocurrency, but um, I do know that people moved in, moved their money into crypto as well. But they were looking for things where they could dump the dollar and put it into hard assets. Even hedge funds all across the country were dumping their money into real estate because it's a hard asset. And real estate and gold and silver have historically been the best hedge against inflation because when the dollar goes up you know that you've got a very, very, very strong bottom line with your real estate and with your gold and silver. And so um, he's like, so, so are you saying that, that what happened in the spring was, was because of inflation? I was like, well, you tell me. And the last, since, since the springtime happened, um, if, if everybody was dumping the dollar nationwide, trying to get into real estate, um, wouldn't that push prices up? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, so does, does that, do you think that, that we're going to have that same situation happen next year? And he's like, well, no. I was like, we, we might see a little bit of a bump in the spring, but we're not going to see a 20 to 23% bump like we saw in your neighborhood. You know, and again, I was able to look from our local, you know, board um, had a, uh, no, what was it? No, actually that one was from Zillow. Um, Zillow had an article on it. Um, where I said the average in that in that sector was uh, a 23% bump where, where he lived. And so I was like, so I don't think we're going to see another 23% bump. That's, that's not a normal occurrence. Historically, that doesn't happen normally. That was because of outside forces driving the, the market up. And so he's like, wow, well, now I'm going to have to really think about that. But I'll tell you, I would have never had that conversation with him a year ago or a couple of years ago. Um, but because of the fact that I've been focused on really understanding people's disc profile and then speaking to them in terms of how they think, I've been able to win with the C personality a lot better than I ever used to because it used to be, you know, <laughs> uh, I would just say, no, you know, I'm buying houses still like you should do, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't that blunt or tactless, but you get what I'm saying. So that was one of the big keys there was helping him see from economic indicators why what he was thinking may have come from false information. And so nobody wants to admit that they're wrong. So that, that's the deal there. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is I'm a huge fan. When I'm with somebody, I want them to sign the contract, right? I, I want them to sign right there. I hate when they say they need to think about it. But I will say this, out of all of the people that say I need to think about it, and actually sign the contract, it's usually the high C personality. Um, they typically do that. The listing agreement, the buyer broker agreement, um, that, that's what I have seen over and over and over again is that um, 
that these the high C and the uh, high C personality will say, I need to think about it. And they actually need to think about it, right? The DI and, and oftentimes the S, they use it as a smoke screen. So they don't say no to your face, especially the I. The I's never want to say no. They hate confrontation. They're just not going to pick up your calls, right? So, um, but the C, they actually do need to think about it. Like that, that's something that, that I learned and, and was just really, really interesting to me. So that's pretty much it with, uh, with the disc profile there. We'll do one more episode where we kind of, recap everything and how we how we can learn from it how we can really use that but uh i really hope that this has been helpful to you honestly this has helped me and my sales uh sales skill just go way up and it's helped me close at a much higher rate because when you can understand what people need to feel comfortable with the transaction to move forward you can you can really really do well like i mean if they tell you how to sell them then you can give them that answer if they say Hey, we want somebody that's going to be, uh, that's going to work with us. Then great. Then you got to work with them. If they say, Hey, we want somebody that's just going to get the job done. Then great. I'm going to get the job done. So you, you just got to really understand how to do that. And, and oftentimes they won't be that blunt. Um, so that's where you've got to be like Sherlock Holmes and read what they're saying with their body language, with their discussion, with their actions. And I'll tell you, re-listen to this uh, disc profile series so that you can really, really get a good hold on what it takes to win uh, with each of those these folks. So if you guys have any other questions, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, if you have any other questions or any other things I can answer, feel free to post it in the Facebook group or DM me on Instagram at CradRock. Um, I'll, I'll work to answer any of those questions. Um, please like us on uh, or subscribe to Facebook, like us, uh, give us a five-star review on, uh, on our podcast, Uncommon Real Estate. And if I can do anything to serve anybody else going forward, please let me know. All right, guys. See ya. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.